0: The Awesome Toy Show is a premier pop culture event in Mississauga, Ontario. With a unique blend of vendors, artists, cosplay contests, hourly raffled prizes, and live entertainment, they provide an awesome show experience for everyone involved. Their event is also driven with a charitable cause as they partner with the Toronto Community Housing to gather toy donations and directly give back to those in need. Their next show is on Sunday, March 26th at the Small Arms Inspection Building in Mississauga where there will be a giveaway for WrestleMania Hollywood. Also, their special featured guest that day will be a four-time Emmy Award-winning TV host Chris Van Cleet. You will be doing an official meet and greet along with a Q&A session for everyone in attendance. In addition to that, they will have special featured guests from Impact Wrestling, current X-Division Champion Trey Miguel, along with Aiden Prince doing meets and greets as well. You do not want to miss their next show, so go over to www.awesometoyshow.ca and follow their Instagram at The Awesome Toy Show for daily updates leading up to Sunday, March 26th, where we will be in-house SM&E, and it's guaranteed to be... Awesome!
1: The following program may contain <laughs> language.
2: Your discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Looking Back On It. See what I did there? Um, and uh, I feel like it's been forever since we talked, or 15 minutes. I can't tell.
1: Um, oh, yeah, dude. No, it's 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 been, been a hot while. minute.
2: Been a hot minute. Uh, I'm back here again uh, in Matt's living room with Matt Hamilton. Woo! <laughs> and Derek Araldo. Mm. Woo! Woo! <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to this week, man?
3: Oh, God. Nothing too crazy. Uh, actually... maddie you and i are going to japan 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 Japan, so yeah yeah
2: nihon
4: uh no nippon man
2: (laughs) i never
3: I, i always get it mixed up i'm like is it nihon or nippon but uh yeah i've just been doing like tons of research on going to japan like Areas that I'm very excited about is going to Osaka, in particular, Shinsekai. Shinsekai looks like such an amazing place, and I'm really excited to go. They're going to try some fugu while I'm out there. Um, You know, just like the lights, the atmosphere. Um, They have like a mascot. That I love. It's like it's like the mascot of Sheen Sekai. and apparently it's like a statue that they stole from a university from like Kansas City or something like that. It's hilarious. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <What? me>? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kansas Yeah,
3: like, like honestly, yeah. Like I forget what the guy's name is. I'd have to look it up, but like he's like the lucky mascot statue of Sheen Sekai and oh, okay. it was just like people who just robbed it from like Kansas City University. Which That's is so great. funny that it's Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> no, like just
1: some. City. I'm pretty sure it's Kansas City. It's a city
3: in america but i'm pretty sure it's
1: kansas yo i just saw the well that they just made an appearance kansas city just made an appearance in the last of us yes it did Uh, oh can
2: we talk about that show because that show is amazing Sure. oh yeah (laughs) i'm
1: down to put a couple minutes into the
2: last i think by the time Uh this episode comes out it'll probably be done by now (laughs) okay yeah but uh those first two episodes were bangers
3: well, and they stuck so true to the video game, too. Right? Like, the whole car scene is, like, a perfect matchup. Well, see, yeah. the later
2: ones weren't as much, though. Like, like that whole show was, I'd say, about 30% was true to the video game. The rest of it's going to be more, like, new storylines and stuff, which I kind of like. I think that's cool. Like, you don't have to stick it to the video game. Like, you don't want to be, like, I think Walking Dead, that was kind of, like, their downfall is how they wanted to stay so true right off the bat. Uh, to the graphic novels because you had like, you know, the fifth season it's like, well, Herschel dies in the fifth season. Spoiler alert. I don't know why I'm saying that it came out in 2008, but but, but, uh, you know, like, that that whole that whole season, like if you actually read the books, Herschel's still alive in a lot of the books, like even later than that. He's mostly just a stump though; he has no arm, no leg, no nothing. Yeah. Like, so you know, they don't exactly stay true to it. You know what I mean? They never so, will with TV, yeah.
3: right? Yeah. Like TV will always kind of go off kilter and, yeah. and kind of write their own stories because it is a different medium, right? I mean, but, at least it I won't know. be like, the like the Super
2: like, Mario Brothers. Movie, right?
3: I do like that. They it's do. That's a little too far. It's That's me, a bridge Chris. Too Brass. far. <laughs> Oh my god! Although Jack Black is Bowser, good choice. Oh, that's yes. a great choice. Yep. So good. Yep. But everything
1: else, yeah, a little weird oh, on that one. Just awful. Way. I feel. I feel like maybe the, the 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 Super Mario movie that preceded that one yeah. might be
2: better. Yeah, yeah. Really? Dennis Hopper is King Koopa. Oh man, you don't get better than that. Him just huffing oxygen backstage. Okay, maybe maybe Jack
1: Black is like slightly better than Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I will say the
3: casting and um. In The Last of Us has been really good. Pedro Pascal, killing it as Joel right now. And uh, the girl that was Lyanna Stark, who's playing... Uh, uh, What's her name? Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. Ellie, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, Really great pairing. And uh, I don't know. Everything's so good, down to the story writing, to... You know the pacing of everything, the music. Ron, Sw- uh, Ron Swanson, <laughs> Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I know
2: more than you. That, yeah, that 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 whole episode
3: was like really really good. Oh, hit yeah, you yeah. right yeah. in the feels. Yeah, yeah no, I I've, I've been loving The Last of Us. It's been great. And they shot it all
1: in Canada. Yeah, Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Or Saskatchewan? No, it's Alberta. 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 Yeah, yeah. I
2: was gonna say there's mountains. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be Alberta. Definitely yeah. not Saskatchewan. <laughs> they haven't yeah. made it to Saskatchewan's yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's yeah. funny because when you when you guys are going to uh, Japan, I'm actually going to uh, the Japan of Canada, and that's New Brunswick.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, do you yeah. tell?
2: No, I'm not yeah. really. Honestly, that's not really the most exciting trip I'm doing. Actually, I'm doing. I'm actually going to Florida in in Orlando. Some may say the Japan of the United States. Um, <laughs> and I will be
3: there's a little Japan everywhere yeah. around. And the I world. will be actively
2: getting drunk and beating up a guy in a goofy costume being the first man kicked out of Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. I can't right. do
3: impersonations unfortunately. <laughs> that was pretty good.
2: Yeah. That's the best I got. Gorsh. Yeah. <laughs> He's really just a southern bell with like a weird accent. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Eric, why are we here today? Yeah, Actually, I think we got sidetracked. Yes, thank you, thank you for running my show because <laughs> I am I am falling apart here. We just did. We just recorded another episode um right before this so it's a little crazy i mean we didn't kayfabe kayfabe um, but uh yeah every so, time
3: i die lo, uh, low teens, low teens uh, go yeah. check it out mm-hmm, yeah i mm-hmm, uh,
2: mm-hmm. might not be out might not be out before this episode so so kayfabe kayfabe we didn't but um this this week we kind of wanted to touch on uh we were talking about doing a just a classic hardcore album and uh when I was kind of running down the list, I honestly kind of jokingly threw out this album as Refuse, The Shape of Punk to Come. Not that it's a bad album. I just, I don't really see it as a hardcore album. But I think we, it like, it's debatable because it has a lot of elements of everything in it. But we kind of agreed, like, I think that's the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. I, I think, like... um it definitely had, like, played a part in, you know, my my shaping of how I view punk, how I view electronica, you know what I mean, stuff like that. Uh, they're definitely a weird band. Uh, just to give you a kind of a brief history on it, uh, The Shape of Punk to Come is the third album by a Swedish hardcore band, that Refused. Uh, the album was recorded in late 1997 and released in late 98, so... A little bit of a classic album here, but still within the frame of where where we normally talk about it seems like Uh, this album's considered a classic hardcore album. I don't know, it's it's on the fence for me, but uh, refuse incorporate like a lot of different genres and elements into their stuff. Like uh, so, this album itself kind of I would put it in like a league of its own sort of thing. It's it's definitely different. Uh, It has like uh, elements of you know hardcore, post punk, electronica even a bit of jazz in there. Like it's techno. It's start, yeah, techno. It's it starts Industrial. to starts to fly off. Uh the else the album also includes like a, a mess of samples. The monologue from Apocalypse Now is used in like the breakdown of New Noise, which is like such a weird thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. To throw in there. And uh the album, in my opinion, is by far the most inventive punk album of all time. Shaped the genre for years to come, uh kind of laid the foundation really for a lot of bands. I would say, like, uh, I know, I know. Derek has a few opinions on that. Like, uh, we were kind of talking about early. What, what were you saying earlier? I forgot.
3: In regards <laughs> to the album.
2: Yeah, like like it's shaping a band from here.
3: Well, the okay, so the the first song I ever heard from The Shape of Punk to Come was New Noise, right? and yeah. it was, I actually heard it in grade eight. My English teacher showed it to us, and what? I, yeah, he was he was a really shout cool shout, shout out, to out Mr. Perrin. Yeah. Perrin. That guy was super cool. So you and know what's
2: funny? Salute. So yeah. You know what's funny? He's his grade eight music teacher. He became my co-worker.
1: No shit. <laughs> when I yeah. got older,
2: yeah, we because I mm-hmm. did I did my, my co op at. Uh, at the school I went to in grade eight, okay, and he had transferred schools and came over there. So he was like, "Hey man, how's it going?" And wow. he introduced himself. He used to play, he used to play bass for Alex on Fire. He did back in the day. What? Yes. Yeah, the guy was, and he was like very much into like the Toronto hardcore scene. So he was like, "What?"
3: I used to time, run into him at shows years yeah. down the road. That is. F-
4: Fucked, man. So I used to cause I used to play in a band called
2: Hazardous Waste, right? So we were in like at the time I was in the Toronto hardcore scene. He's like, Do you know a band called School Jerks? I'm like, I play with them like every week. He's like, Yeah, those are all my buddies. Like, I grew up with those guys. I'm like, no kidding. I'm like, you know, like, you know, Eric and like Lenny and all those. He's like, Yeah, I know all those guys. They're great guys. And I'm like, Oh my god, dude, like what a weird Unreal, man. Yeah. Cause I was 18. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, this teacher knows
4: everything. (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Perrin because, like,
3: you know, like being like I think it was in grade seven or grade. at at the time but like you know getting very influenced by music it's in particular like you you know rock music you know you start dabbling in things like I remember being a big fan of Nirvana at the time and then uh but Mr. Perrin really helped open up you know the type of music that was out there and I remember him showing us the music video to New Noise and I was like wow like this is yeah absolutely insane like I love this like I was I was totally encapsulated by yeah um like everything around it so you know the shape of punk to come it, it, it's such an influential album it's kind of funny to hear it, eric because i i do think it is such a prolific album in hardcore or at least kind of did no pun intended shape the way that you know punk music kind of came out uh like following that release because when, when, even just listening to it uh, yesterday and, and just getting back into it and trying to, like, you know, reminisce of all the songs that were in there, you, you know, I was like, oh, this really still, like, like it, it holds up well to, like what I was thinking was the genre and like era of that music at the time. And then I realized it got released in 1998. So it's like, it's actually more of a pioneer album than anything, but you hear so much influence from bands that came afterwards just out of that album. Right. Well,
2: you think about it too, like when you're, when you're talking about you're in grade eight, that's what 2002 for you. Yes. 2001. Yeah. So, that's kind of the way I see this album as well, because I didn't listen to it when it came out. I was eight years old. Why would I be listening to this album? I was still listening to whatever my parents put on the radio. Let's be honest, right? Like, like I, I was still shaping my taste of like what I actually liked. And I was in middle school when I first heard it. Cause I thought like, you know, I wanted to be more edgy and I was going through a bit of an identity crisis. I was goth one week and the next week, something else I was, you know, a wigger, you know what I mean?
3: So the wigger phase. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I
2: mean? Exco jeans, you know, Tennessee Titans jerseys. (laughs) Pants Yeah. FUBU, a lot of FUBU, a lot of Exco cheaper. (laughs) So, um, it was definitely like a weird time for me when I heard it. And to be honest, what really sold me on this album was like, and why I went back and started listening to it was Tony Hawk's Underground. Yes. Because, because new noise was in it. And it was such a focal piece of that game where the main mission, like, it just makes me feel like I wanted to be doing a McTwist over a helicopter, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I did that, you know, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But like, that's what I felt like back then. I played that game so much and I listened to that song so much. I was like, I kind of want to go back and listen to it. And that's when I got into that album. It was, like, 2001, 2002, probably around the same time, right? And uh, it was definitely different in terms of, like, a lot of the punk I was listening to at the time. So it's it's definitely, like... Like I said, in a league of its own, it's it's something different.
3: Very interesting. Lot like lots of mix of genres, like you said, like, you know, there's a lot of like electro kind of plays into it. There's like techno feels and industrial feels, but then they also incorporate jazz. And then there's a lot of classic instruments that you hear, especially as you're like wrapping up the album at the end with the last two songs. So very excited to get into this one. Lots of cool stuff that we can kind of pick apart and look into
1: in each one of these tracks. Yeah, fucking right. You know, it should be pointed out that uh, the production of it too, yeah. those producers, they uh, they revolutionized how that genre could be produced, adding in all those like experimental elements. The The album itself is like a journey. It's not just a collection of songs. There's like a, it's almost like in a way like you're watching a movie because you you listen to it from start to finish and the flow of it, is like assembled that way by design i think you know mm-hmm. and it sounds like huge which you know a lot of those bands weren't doing that and i think that what's interesting for me because i was in uh it was 98 so i was yeah i guess i was 50 so, yeah <laughs> so i was 50 so I years was old yeah 50, right? <laughs> How am I the Mick Mars of this group? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Shut um, up and tune
2: my guitar, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> you old
1: fucks, my back hurts. Um, yeah, I guess I was like 14 at the time. I remember seeing little bits of it in like this, like m- in like a much music, like um, montage y kind of commercial. Yeah. Probably for Loud or something. Yeah. And thinking, like, who are these like screamy, like, and it, it just seemed like that was the new cool thing. You know, it had come out, it was edgy and it was like, it wasn't the way that like, it wasn't, it didn't have the grunge look, it didn't have the metal look, it didn't have the traditional punk look. It was like something that was a little bit more... I guess ref- like it was definitely more refined, um, but they they kind of came dressed with like suits and stuff. It was it was just different. Yeah, they used um, to wear like the, the
2: button down shirts with the what you call it with the oh, turtleneck over top of it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very it was a very different look. They were more they, like they, trying to be something, like you know what I mean. Like they
1: almost looked like they were Steve Jobs or like they were something that was like a <laughs> <Steve> fucking <laughs> like yeah, like a they were in,
2: inventors of Apple.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had this.
3: Well, you also have to factor in the, you know, they are from Europe, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. it was a very different culture to, I guess, a lot of the North American For sure. music culture that was happening at that time.
1: But they're what, from Sweden? Uh, they're from Sweden, Sweden? yeah. Because yeah. there's a huge, like, like, metal scene there. And For they sure. were yeah. so different from that. Because, you know, we're talking like bands like In Flames are big at the time. You know, and they're like the neoclassical Sweden's, Sweden's
2: number one exporter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in flames, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Soil work, I think, you
1: know. Uh, you know, and those are more metal bands, but like yeah. yeah. But then like, you know, you have bands that come out after Refused, like the hives, because I'm pretty sure they were they um, were
2: they were around the same time. So okay. so like I think the first Hives album was like two thousand. Okay. So it's like around the same time, but again, I could see like the Refused style of punk is very similar to the hive style of punk oh so yeah. maybe maybe they were the pioneers they're like refused but they I were. think I think like they kind of played off each other they were probably the same. Sort of era, you know what I mean? Because same
1: era, same, yeah. uh, same, like a same community, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Probably but, the
2: Stockholm scene or whatever. There you go. Yeah, And and that's yeah.
1: the thing. Like Europe is always like in certain senses, especially with music. and I'm sure you'll agree is kind of ahead of us in a oh, way. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I think that like you see that, you know, that was like a thing that like after Refused, even if you weren't like necessarily in the punk genre, there's this huge explosion of garage. You know, and indie and all this sort of stuff. And I think that, like, that's what Refuse brought into punk is this whole, like, garage and indie vibe, but also, like, really well-produced. Yeah. Interesting. It
3: is a very... Yeah, it is a very well-produced album. And I will say, like, the thing I love about refuse or in particular the shape of punk to come is that it doesn't necessarily identify into a particular genre they weren't trying to like hit a particular like trope of like what was happening at that time they kind of identified and made it unique to their to, to their uh, to their own right and um the way i kind of see it with like bc boys let's say like bc yeah. boys predominantly known as a hip-hop group but started off in an underground punk rock scene, right? So yeah. it's really nice to see that, you know, bands like this like don't necessarily stick within a certain genre or feel like they have to, that they can actually expand and, um, you know, explore different
1: different paths. Yeah, totally.
2: I, I agree. I mean, like, this, this whole album has just been... Like is just unbelievable. Like uh, the mix, the mix of every genre, the mix of everything. It's not just it's not just a punk album, plain and simple. But it is a punk album. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's both at the same time. It's an existential crisis in an album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but, uh,
1: but it keeps that attitude of punk. Correct. Definitely. Yeah.
2: So let, let's uh, let's run into our uh, segments here and let's do uh, riff city. Yeah. Riff <laughs> City
4: Riff, riff,
2: so for Riff City this week, uh, we kind of decided to do something a little bit different, uh, and Maddie was kind enough to lend us our guitars, or lend us a guitar, sorry. Um,
1: Welcome.
2: Yeah, thank you. Jeez. I appreciate it, but uh, my pick for Riff City, and I know it's going to be super overrated and all these guys are going to roll their eyes at me, but it's the opening riff to uh, <laughs> New Noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that Yeah, this riff is just super iconic. Uh, simple, very simple, very simple. But it's kind of used as a theme for the entire song, spread over it. And it, I, I kind of find that to be the case with a lot of a few songs. It's like uh, pretty much like classical music. So I guess it's like an element of classical music where you'll have like a bunch of movements essentially, but then the, all those movements are technically a song, but they're usually just the same theme, just either pitched up and down. Or they're um, you know, they they're constantly changing keys over top of the string section. So it's it's definitely co- it's definitely a cool concept and definitely like very different for punk because punk is usually just chords, right? So yeah. yeah, it's cool that they kind of uh incorporate these riffs and uh like I said before, it just um when I think of this album, that's that riff just plays immediately in my head. It uh, just makes me want to do a McTwist over a helicopter. Um, and this riff just gets me, like, super hyped every time. It's perfect.
3: Yeah, like, you know, it, it's kind of funny because that whole, you know, tie-in with Tony Hawk's Underground and, yeah. and New Noise, it's like, I remember playing that game, having that song, and it was, like, so perfect. The, the way the two, like, you know, work together, the McTwist over the helicopter, and it would get me pumped to go skate. So, like, I'd finish yeah. playing, like... You know, Tony Hawk's Underground, and then I would, like go out and like have the song playing in my head, just like so stoked, and then like do a pop shove it or something. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, it it's was, a big pop <laughs> shove. Yeah, it didn't, have any hol- it. Uh, it didn't have any helicopters. Uh, right. uh, I couldn't do a McTwist at the time, but uh, you know, it, it is a song that just gets you going. It gets you pumped as soon as you hit, hear that riff. You know, yeah. you know what's coming, and uh, like you know, such a such a great song to cover. Like I feel like yeah. a lot of bands who. You know want to play punk rock music or do play punk rock music at some point cross you know cut like cross paths with this song and you end up like you know doing it at some point eric you and i have played it a bunch of times well, even so us in new times. age outlaws have done it before oh, yeah, right yeah. like you know just to play it it's, it's a song that will like live through the you know
1: like through time and and it's great yeah absolutely it's legendary I am a little sick of it, but it's legendary. <laughs> I'm I'm such an old man. Such a bummer, man. We're not we're under yet, buddy. Bum- Don't worry, you'll have your time. Uh, um, yeah, that's fair. Well, okay, I'll try to say nice things, man. Um, it's well, it's just basically one giant buildup.
2: It is that entire song is just one big buildup for the very end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, there's like there's like a couple like big explosions, but mostly it's just buildup. Yeah. It's kind of like just hype, which I feel like is very much like kind of the refused style.
2: Yeah, of course. Which again is a very classical music thing to do. Everything's just a build up until like one part. It's just like dyna- they play a lot on uh dynamics. Okay. So there'll be like you'll they're like you'll hear stuff that's intentionally mixed low.
1: Right. Yeah. To okay. like to
2: build up to these giant like breakdown parts. It's like again, again, that's exactly how you make classical music.
1: Yeah. And Everything
2: goes from piano to four <laughs> T
4: And
2: they almost kinda they almost
1: kinda tease you along the way. There's some yeah. times where they do little like I wouldn't necessarily call them like full fake outs, but they're kind yeah. of like soft fake outs. Yeah. Or they go like, wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, just- so just when you think that like, oh, okay, it's going to happen now, they don't, right? But yeah. I guess now it's like, you know, the, like, the first time you heard that song and you were like anticipating the explosion, it was kind of like that, oh my gosh, is it going to happen now? Oh my gosh, is it going to happen now? Now we know the song. Yeah. You know, it's fucking, you know, everybody knows the fucking song. So there's no, there's no big surprise. But I guess it's just that, like, when, especially when you see it live, because I saw it live with the Deftones in 2014. Nice. And uh, and uh, at Arrow Hall, so the sound was awful. Um, Jeez. but yeah, it was bad, it was bad, but it was one of those things where it's like you know, you're there, and thousands of people, and you're and you get yeah. to see it, you know. So yeah. they came back, and that was cool. And then the Deftones played, and Chino was drunk the whole time, and that was no fun, okay. anyways.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? You know what? You should join us for. We just we Concert talked about reviews. Yeah, I was going to say we oh. know we know we talked about this on on the last on the last one we did. Like um I think me and Matt were talking. But he's like call me back when you do White Pony or around the Fur. because oh, okay. I'll be doing that. And I'm like, you know what? I should call Matt Hamilton for that.
1: Yeah, give me a call, man. Yeah. I, did, I I was a huge fan of those guys back yeah. in the day. I still am, but yeah, yeah. just I would never go see them live again after that debacle. I paid 50 bucks to see you old drunk ass like just like slop around on stage and i thought
2: i mean he's sober now <laughs> is he sober good. now i think so I'm okay sure, yeah <laughs> but yeah. i hear what you're saying yeah, it was that, a train wreck right. he fucked up yeah.
1: so much it was like he had like there was one part that it was just him like playing the guitar yeah and and it was a very simple part i think i'm not sure if it was in um i, th- I think it was digital bath okay where's the part you move from yeah. <laughs> to... but it's the it's yeah. the interlude kind of in between yeah he messed that part up Oh, he no. didn't play it. he oh, didn't play it right no. on guitar and and then it, literally at the after like he the song was over he's like oh maybe I should practice more and I'm like come on man stop drinking yeah.
2: a little bit less low stakes i saw david wilcox once at <laughs> like- And And he was so drunk he passed out on stage. And everybody was like... His eyes started rolling back in his head and he was singing uh, Downtown Came Uptown. (laughs) And he was like singing it and then he just passed out and I was like, rock and roll, man. And then he like never came back on stage and then people were pissed. (laughs) Like, I paid 30 bucks to see Wilcox. Uh, I I went to... I saw
1: Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson was supposed to open for him but he was like way too drunk and coked out to get on stage. So they sent a fucking they sent a tech on stage to oh, say, no. we're <laughs> going to inform you that Marilyn Manson <laughs> yeah, won't oh, be no. performing Poor tonight. intern, poor I intern. I know. Bunch <laughs>
3: of him against a bunch of angry fans.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, everybody was pissed. And that was the moment I was like, okay, I'm done with this guy. <whack> Fuck this guy. But Rob Zombie came and He played a double set. And I mean, you know, he actually played a few Manson songs. I think yeah. he did the Sweet Dreams cover or whatever. Yeah. And that was cool. And, you know, I mean, Rob Zombie, save the fucking day, man.
2: Absolutely. Derek, what do you got for your pick for... Uh,
3: okay, Riff. I, um, I got to give it to the shape of punk to come. I think it's such a great balance. Uh, I, I, I think it's such a great balance of like, you know it's almost like a dance beat it gets yeah. people moving like you know when when you do take this album like like when you look at this album as a whole i feel like it is a very groovy album
2: oh yeah absolutely
3: lots of cool grooves like lots of fun to listen to it's got really catchy parts and the shape of punk to come riff i think really does that it's danceable but it's also kind of punky and heavy at the same time and when i when i listen to it i'm like oh yeah super catchy really kind of stands out to me I mean yeah of course new noise is like an iconic riff and stuff and there's a lot of great riffs in there as well but you know just the the whole like you know
4: Right, like, like it's yeah. just
3: so like, dude, and then you've got like the drums going da 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 and it just like kind of gets you going. Me, I'm a huge sucker for just like groovy beats, like things yeah. that are catchy. And actually, like you know, while I'm talking about the whole part of like groovy bits, the the lead singer Dennis, like oh, yeah. I am such a sucker for like just like groovy ways that you emphasis like the way you're saying like the way you're enunciating the lyrics yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. and like i feel like he does that throughout this whole album it's just that's what makes it so much fun to listen to like he he, he just plays with like you know the tempo and the tones and the like, like the way that he i mean that could that could be his accent verses. too
2: the way he enunciates the words and stuff like that kind of showing through yeah but i don't know because he seems like i don't know something about his vocals is just like so perfect like his scream is like so it's technically just a fry scream, but it's it's different. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it just sounds different than a lot of other fry screams you hear. It's yeah. very
3: raw and organic, right? Yeah, yeah, and like, course. even me, like in the New Age Outlaws, the band that we play in, like, I try to uh, take the same approach. I'm not really trying to hit a certain type of tone or voice with me. I just I, I just deliver it as is, right? Yeah. And And that's what I really like about you know, the way Refuse approaches things. And and honestly, like Refuse was one of the first bands where like I started hearing screaming in music, right? So it was like my introduction and I'm like, oh, this is what screaming music is supposed to sound like. So very organic, original tone, very great. But even the way he just like, you know, the way he delivers the verses yeah. a lot of the songs is very, very good and very playful. And I appreciate that.
1: So. yeah I like the 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 playfulness and the style he does it you know I think that's what separates him from a lot of other like just screamy yeah uh, or screaming vocalists is that he's got a style. he's got like a vibe, he's got an attitude and he's clearly got like also some things to say, you know and I feel like that kind of comes through just in the style, you know he kind of carries it with uh uh with a sense of gravitas, you know. Um, that this is like this isn't just like there's you know screaming. This is him on a platform delivering a message, you know. And there's a there's definitely a, an attitude that comes through that that I've always thought listening to Refused. I feel like I'm listening to some message from some you know fucking like poet or philosopher, you know, in a way. As much as a revolutionary. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a revolutionary. <laughs> but yeah, the
3: shape of punk to come. That's my riff. I absolutely love it. Cool,
2: Maddie. What do you got for Riff City here?
3: Oh shit! All right. By the way, we're all playing our own riffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which new, is mine.
1: Rock. Which is why mine sounds like shit. Yeah. <laughs> my riff is uh, Liberation Frequency. Here, I'll play it. <laughs>
4: <Oops>. <laughs> Matt's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> we'll <eight> <laughs> yeah. that
2: that whole breakdown part.
4: Really
1: yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I just so I, good. It's it's so. I think if there's like a song on that album that's just no nonsense just explosive and like goes from like like really like faint to just maximum it's yeah. that song i've always thought that it's definitely a song that is a pretty simple riff there's not much to it no. but it's the it's just how it works in the context of the song bam yeah. That's the one for me. Very yeah. good contrast. And and like the funny yeah. thing about that, it's like it's
3: it, it really sucks you in that that riff is so good, but it really is just an iteration of a D minor chord. Like it's yeah. just so yeah. simple yeah. in its, it's nature. The, it's like, the what's
2: called the tribute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it, it's tribute. <laughs> yeah, Shadows it yeah. D. With a, with a D chord instead <laughs> yeah. of an A chord. <laughs> yeah. And
3: like that mixed in with like,
2: we want the waves back.
3: Like like it's just so it's so good yeah. it yeah. just fits together so well and, and then that drum powerful.
1: beat that comes in like, and it just again <laughs> yeah. like the the production really makes yeah. it you know it just explodes and you're just like holy shit!" and the vocals over top of that of time, that's yard, that's right, that's right. <laughs> like just great <laughs> yeah great rhythmic pattern like just message you know message 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 just it's yeah i mean there's a reason why like this album is a classic you know yeah For sure. you get like deep cuts like that solid it's, riff
2: it's actually funny because i was i was kind of looking up when i was doing like facts about this album because i don't really know i don't think i know the backstory of it as well so i was looking into it did you know that they did this all on like tape No. So, Because at the time, Pro Tools was kind of making its like up and coming. So a lot of people were using Pro Tools at the time with those giant, remember those giant DigiDesign boards, the SSD consoles? Yeah. Like giant things like what we recorded on like at uh, Iguana Studios. Shout out to Iguana Studios. But but, uh, yeah, no, they they didn't use Pro Tools at all. All they did was like, um, it was 24-track, 2-inch tape. And then they used like a couple ADATs, like mic preamps or whatever, just to fill out the rest of it. So I guess that would be your electronics and stuff like that. Run them through like a like an ADAP board or whatever. But um, the whole thing is like ridiculous. Like like the guitars, bass, all that stuff were all on tape.
4: Wow. So it's like it
2: kind of makes sense now because you can hear how like clean it is. You know what I mean? And like it's got like all the guitars like a very warm feel.
1: Yeah, that's true. I never would have thought that though. I'd hear because I hear just slick production. So I think like oh that. Well, it kind of
3: makes that album so much cooler. Knowing it does. (laughs) It does. Yeah. They weren't using the like standard, you know, production approach with this. That they well, kind well of not to mention those,
2: those guys, I think that was like, they were still doing albums, obviously like, uh, what's his name? Oh, Pele Hendrickson. He was, he was still doing stuff like obviously in Sweden and stuff. But when that album came out, there was so many bands that loved the style of that album that they were willing to work with them. Like poison the well did, um, right. Apathy as a cold body with him. Like that's a big album. <laughs> you know oh, what you I mean? mean
1: you you come before you? Sorry,
2: you come before you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but but mm. um, yeah, like that album was done with them. Uh, what was that other bit? Oh, Hell is for Heroes. Right. They also did an album with them. I can't remember yeah. which one, but like that was like a jumping off point for them. They're like, and you can tell like a lot of it has like that touch where it was like all hardware. It wasn't, you know, like like nowadays everything's done through an interface. You know, it's a lot of back end editing, like like this podcast that I do <laughs> where yeah, I have yeah. to do a lot of back end editing. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little different. You can tell it's like somebody was just riding the board the entire time doing this album. It's unbelievable. Cause yeah. like even you can tell like with the um, with the pans in and out and like the volume control, you can tell like the automation was done like by hand. Yeah. It's really cool. Honestly. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that kind of leads us into our um, top three tracks here. And I'd, I, I have a few tracks here that I think, might be a little obvious, like my my first pick, like with like number one with a bullet. And I will say these in any particular order this time because that's kind of the way I picked them. And it's uh, new noise without a doubt. And I know I know a lot of people think it's like an overplayed song or an overrated song if it's if we're talking about this album. But uh, for me, this song is this album uh it received the most acclaim obviously definitely the most plays according to spotify because the rest of them were like a hundred thousand and that song's like 35 million (laughs) but uh it was it was like the first song i'd ever heard from them through tony hawk underground and like matt was saying much loud that that commercial for much loud when they came out with the channel was just can i scream it was like i was like that sounds pretty cool and what I used to do before I would go to school in the, in the morning on like, like when I was in middle school, I used to go downstairs and turn on the TV. Cause I'd be ready before everybody I'd sit and watch much loud for half an hour every day. So I'd probably hear refused and mud vein either death blooms or dig pretty much every day. That's another, that's another platinum album, LD 5.0. <laughs> we should do that one. But no, um, it kind of led me to this album. So in my opinion, it's kind of synonymous with it. And, uh, just a super heavy song with a good dynamic mix between the verse and chorus, uh, the use of like electronic drums and synths to break up the intro. Like, you know what I mean? Where it had, where it has that little dance break sort of before it goes into the verse Mm -hmm. or the chorus, I guess you should say. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like these songs, I I don't, I find don't really have like as linear of like verse chorus, pre-chorus. It's all just kind of one theme sort of thing. And, um, the voicing on the chords in the pre-bridge, with the um with like the E to D. Though the voicing on it, it kinda comes back in a couple other songs, but I love the voicing of that. It's where it's almost like the bar with add the extra fifth or seventh on top of it and it just gives it like a more full sound, especially with two guitars. And uh the use of the wicked electronic bridge, uh, you know what I mean? It hits like a super cool variation on the main riff into a breakdown style. Uh the new beat. That's all I have to say. The new beat. The the new new beat. beat, The (laughs) new beat. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so I, I don't know. That song definitely is like top for me.
3: It's the the mix on that song is so good.
2: Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like like when you listen to it, I love the part where like it starts to, like like you go through the bridgey piece and then it and then it does that slow build and it starts building back up until they go into that just like crazy scream like that chaotic like, like you know what I mean? It just goes nuts. And then, like, yeah, like, they're adding in, like, it almost sounds like you're at a stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. They have this almost, like, stadium sound of, like, ch- like cheering or something like that in the background. Yeah. So, like, the mixing of it is so clever and creative in a way that, again, I keep using this word, but it's, like, it creates an atmosphere yeah, like, for, for the sure. songs, which I, I, I love that.
1: It keeps you engaged because you're always, like, getting thrown something new and it... And it's very like to me. It, like, there's so many things about it that like inspire visuals. You know, like I can't remember which song it is th- where this is at the end, but there's like a there's almost like a j- a little jazz number that like kind of flows out of the end of the song, and then like leads you into the next one where the drums just start tapping on the ride, and then like I think it's a tuba or something. <laughs>
2: that's what you call it. that's um Is that uh, worms poem and number senses five? no worms and senses oh, yeah. go in, goes yeah. goes into goes into deadly rhythm yeah
1: oh, okay yeah. yeah i like it's just it's just so like it's just so interesting it it, it, it takes you on it, it's a journey that takes you in so many different directions mm-hmm. and you would mm-hmm. and like what punk album but like before that had done that yeah. Right.
2: Well, it was. It was. I mean, like we said before, it's it's obviously different. It's obviously. like... Yeah. Yeah. But for for my second pick, I did the refused or fucking dead. Um, <laughs> just just because mostly because like you know that song is a little chaotic, but it has sort of the same feel as New Noise. Where it has that one riff using the theme, you know, oh, Derek's gonna play it. I, 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 I <laughs> Derek's it's gonna the play it quick, riff, yeah, yeah, because right, like, it is a it is a very catchy riff, and they use it as like that theme to base. It's almost like
1: bluegrassy. Yeah, a little bit.
2: <laughs> I think it's, that might it's just be your open steel string strings. the open string that really gives it. Yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's> so good. <laughs> might just be your open strings there, <laughs> or your steel strings, but.
3: It's also got a badass name too.
2: I mean like it just I don't know something about it like that like the tone on the opening guitar just riding that harmonic or the din it din it din it din it, 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 it that's so cool and like not to mention uh they use like some sort of modulation or like a flanger i guess on the drums which is like kind of weird that you would just do like a like you know like one bus track and then it's like okay let's just put modulation on that for no reason and they use like like this weird trigger with like a distorted like almost like a like a distortion on the bass drum, and that's like like it's kind of weird to hear stuff like that. Like if you're thinking about when it came out, that stuff wasn't really prevalent in like a lot of punk or whatever, right? Like you wouldn't really have modulation on your drums, you know what I mean? So it was definitely different. And Dennis's vocals are unbelievable. At the end, it's like it's like a blend of like screaming. Fry singing and just like plain old clean vocals. Like, it's just, I don't know. He just, he goes in and out of like all three styles. And it's just, it's really interesting and like definitely up there for like, you know, my favorite songs on the album. Awesome. Oh, Fucking right.
1: Picks. Yeah. yeah, man.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, la- very last song I got, obviously, Summer Holidays versus Punk Routine. <laughs> uh, cause that song is just fantastic. Like, you know, uh, another, again, another unbelievably catchy riff. With that,
1: um, uh, oh didn't it, Yeah. it, rather be
2: forgotten, remember forgiven,
1: remember forgiving it. what a exactly. classic, classic line, man. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's just so like cool. a
2: straight, yeah. straight four, four beat. Yeah. On top of the guitar riffs do, you know, drive all the changes. And it, the the drum line is just kind of chill. But the bass line on the bridge is really dope. It's kind of just like a like a weird, like, walking, I guess, like, bass line, like that punk walking feeling where it's just, you're just kind of hitting every single note in the scale while <laughs> you're playing, you know what I mean? And uh, it seems to drive the entire second half of the song because it's really, like, a lot of, like, bass breaks and stuff like that over top of drums. and uh, And the chorus is just perfection. Honestly, that's just that song itself is just like super, super cool.
3: Oh, no, I totally agree. Yeah, man. And like like even that whole like, there's almost like this weird like panning play on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like this back and forth that I really appreciate in that song.
1: There's something that just draws you in with that, you know, the way they produce it. It just works so fucking cleverly. Yeah, for sure. It's all these little nuances that like reward you when you keep listening, you know? Pretty solid picks, man. Well, uh, you know, for my three, for my top three
3: tracks, um, you know, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, <laughs> I I, I got to give it to the deadly rhythm. I love, like, I do love the way it kind of comes in. And then, you know, the drums kind of build up. And it really kind of just puts me in a really fun, aggressive, like, let's go kind of mood. So I really love that song. I'll definitely put that in number three. Um I agree with you. Refused or fucking Dead is yeah. just like such an iconic classic song, which I feel like really drives that refuse tone and style that I've known to grow up and love and just really embody in my own musical influence and everything. So, very influential song for me. And again, I'll repeat it just a badass name for a song. Oh, yeah. The last one I'm gonna have to give it to Liberation Frequency. I thought, like, I really love that song. I think, you know, when you read into the lyrics of this whole album, how it is kind of like a revolutionary album, talking about things like capitalism and society and all that stuff. um, You know, the whole Liberation Frequency, the way it kind of works, um, and and the way it reads, and the way it, like, the way it plays, uh, it, it just really has that kind of. You know, that, that 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 kind of tone and that whole type of feel that like really makes you want to stand up and speak your voice and, 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 and really kind of drives, I guess, the fundamentals of like, when, at least when I was first like getting into punk rock music, like everything that it kind of stood for. So very influential totally. song for me. Um, I think it really is a staple that kind of stands the test of time. Like, of course, New Noise will always be there as like an iconic song for The Refuse, but Liberation Frequency is definitely one that you don't want to sleep on because I think it is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah
2: paramore thought so <laughs> yeah they did so and so much be, so that they put it into
3: one of their songs yeah so they yeah. better be
2: paying those guys royalties let me tell you because yeah. <laughs> that song's big that give dennis
3: his money yeah
2: that's probably one of the bigger paramore songs you know what i mean it's so true. the fact that they like even it has an effect even on a band like that is like different you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Like, yeah. It's funny how, like, at first it was, like, them doing that to Refuse and then Olivia Rodrigo came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just, like... Yeah, got s- him. Oh, God. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> got him. Whoops. I heard
3: that song somewhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny when you listen to it back to the, back. Mi- the
2: mixes of that where it's like, yeah, oh that's so good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so- yeah. But, uh, so... I'll keep mine short and sweet as well because there is a little bit of crossover here, especially with you, <laughs> mostly with you. Great minds um, think alike, man. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, man, yeah, man. Or, like, really fucking terrible minds. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about We have shit, yeah. shit taste. I'm just dragging you down with me. Uh, so my number three would be also the Deadly Rhythm. I think mostly because it just comes out of the gate and just smashes your fucking face. And when I think of like what I always wanted, the style of Refuse to represent, it was kind of that, you know, abrasive, um, just like the fueling mosh frenzy and just big and loud and, you know, just kind of all over the place in a way, in a good way. I love how it like there's so many like interludes between like the heaviness where they like they like drop into like what sounds like a standing bass thing with the yeah, You know right, what I'm so talking, like, about. Yeah. yeah. Right
2: into like a uh, what do they call those? The walking bass lines, like jazz walking bass lines, there's just four notes. Yeah. Lead sheets, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so cool and like and like so incredibly inventive and like who'd have thought of that, you know? But just like with such a like nod to vintage style. You know I think it was ahead of its time because you think now of like a lot of like the like where things are at there was for a while and I don't know if this is still cool but this like worship of what was vintage you know and refused like we're doing that in the 90s mm mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think anybody else was well that um,
2: that's that part that you're talking about there's like the jazz uh, like the walking bass line I think it's a nod to a Charlie Parker song or something like that oh, like, okay the whole the whole album itself is littered with like samples and yeah. Like references yeah. to everything. Like I think. Spoken
3: word pieces. I think
2: Tannhauser, that song or whatever, that's like more of like a dance song. It's a yeah. nod to, you know, The Rite of Spring by Tchaikovsky. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, there's. Because that's, I think Tannhauser is like the name of one of the. I think it's the name of one of the movements. Okay. Or something like that. Or it's, it's, it's something to do with that. It's like the Swedish word for that movement or cool. something. I don't know. They're, they have a lot of weird, like, references and samples that they use. Like, um, the 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 what you call it the charlie parker and disney Giuseppe things a little that's a little out there cuz like you know yeah. that hadn't been popular at that time in 70 years you know <laughs> I, mean? like, so, I, I just think know. of
1: blade runner when i see tanhauser and mm-hmm. that that final speech that roy batty does yeah, yeah. like you know <laughs> i've seen like the the things i've seen you would never believe you know <laughs> like starlights flying over tanhauser gate or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is that he says <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I looked at that. I was like, is that, is it the same? Is it the, is it a, rep? is it a, anyways. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, like, so super cool, you know, like, and, you know, definitely another one of those elements that I think a lot of people later on, not even just in music, but in like, you know, in fashion and, 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 you know, in movies and stuff, you start to see this, like, this, this, this love for vintage and infusing it in all kinds of these things. So I thought that was super cool. And, uh, Okay, so number two, the number two is Liberation Frequency for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just
2: want those airwaves back. <laughs> we just, just give,
1: just give them back, bro. <laughs> just give them back, Just Just give them back. <laughs> and I think, like, especially, too, it was interesting, like, when I first heard that song and, like, it felt like the call to arms of like, you know, right. something like yeah. deep within like the psyche of the collective unconscious, you know, yeah. it was like it was, it was it was just such a big statement, you know, yeah. and, and it was for our generation, you know, and they're like they're like the standard bearers for that, which I thought was just so like cool. And there are you there you are hearing it. You're hearing this iconic thing and you're hit with just how incredibly important it is when mm-hmm. you're listening to it. Um, so and just like a fucking banger too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cuz it's just so big. You know, when they start hitting that fucking heavy riff there. Yeah. And and also at the same time like utilizing kind of the same formula that like say like, you know, Nirvana did with uh Smells Like Teen Spirit where you got the clean guitars and they're very small yeah. and then they and then they drop smack big, into the heavy. big distorted, yeah, unclean yeah. guitars that are huge. Well, that's you know?
2: that's a Liberation Frequency is a prime example of what I was talking about where it's like you can hear things are intentionally mixed quieter. Like if you listen to his vocals, everything, like the guitars, the drums, they're all intentionally mixed quieter so that that breakdown part can kind of shine. Totally. I, I love the use of dynamics on this album, period. It's very rare that you see dynamics kind of used in that way. Most of the time now, it's like... A lot of albums nowadays, it's everything's mastered. So it's it's meant to be like just one level the entire time. Yep. Usually just really loud. <laughs> like, yep. That's like the go-to now, right? Yep. So, you know, it's it's kinda, it's kind of actually kind of refreshing when I sit back and listen to this album again. I'm like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but it's really hard to listen to at work because I drive a giant motor <laughs> uh-huh. right next to my head. So, you know, like it's really hard to listen to at work, but I like it when I'm just sitting down, you know, listening to stuff, right? So, yeah, so, totally.
1: Because you,
3: I- you can go back to that track.
1: Over and over again. Oh yeah. dude, it never gets that's one of those tracks that ne- like New Noise for me, I'm a little bit over. It's a great track, but that one I'll I'll continue to go back to that one and every time I hear it, it's always good. And it's like, oh yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. And like when he's like doing the stuff, when he's doing the chanting during the verse, you're right. Yeah. He's not he's not delivering that at a low volume, but they're just mixing it down. Yeah. And the and the effect is that you still feel the emotion but not like you know it's not as like big in the mix right yeah
2: it's more to like i almost feel like he's like standing away from the mic a little bit farther
1: (laughs) totally which is a classic hardcore thing right correct yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's
2: like that that um stick to your guns does it a lot like in the yeah. first couple of albums and stuff like that like the you know the gang vocals the stuff like that it's exactly. the same idea right when but you put
1: the mic behind your back right yeah exactly. and it feels like more
3: like it, as opposed to be more of a direct delivery from like you know singer to listener it's more like it's almost as if he's stepping back because he's speaking to an audience he's yeah, trying to reach yeah. like a group of people as opposed to an individual
1: And it's almost like it's inviting the audience to join in, you know, and I love that about that. And that's what's so cool about the Refuse, like in this album, is that like there's anthems on this album. And I think that's the thing that really like it was the defining feature of it. These are these are anthems for a generation. Absolutely. You know, which leads me to the final one. Believe it or not, it's going to be Worms of the Senses
2: it's a good song yeah, yeah. it's a great I'm gonna,
1: song. i'm gonna talk yeah. about that bit later
3: on but i'm glad you brought that yeah
1: in. first <laughs> one on the album man like yeah. and i remember that was the first song that like when i listened to the album like i listened to it in the car with a bunch of my friends and we were i think coming back from a show and it was it was a hardcore show and uh and and we were like making all these stops to go like pick people up drop people off and so we put the album on and it was just like it was, it kind of felt like that's the like thing you do after a hardcore show is your listener refused. It was one of those <laughs> that's, things, that's right? The thing you it's do. like, all right, we're going to do it. Where are we going to do it? It was yeah. like our Bohemian Rhapsody moment, right? Oh. Yeah. And so, ours, <laughs> somebody ours, dust off the old shape of punk to come at. Yeah. Ours, ours, ours Who wants to do it, that. right? And we're all singing along, right? And so, and that's, that was the first song that came on. And that was the first time I listened to that you know album as a group and like and they all knew it and like just seeing how people reacted to the, the various different parts animates the song in a way you know that 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 you don't get when you're on your own just listening to it and that was and i thought that was so cool and it's just such a long song where there's so yeah. much of a journey to it yeah so i mean and that took us from like you know basically like being downtown in the gardener to like like, almost into Mississauga where we were driving to right <laughs> yeah, exactly. and so I'll never forget that because and and that's why it's like kind of at the top for me because I feel like everything that refuse has to offer and that album is in that one song
2: yeah i I could see that I mean I mean it's a it's a fantastic song I think it starts the album off right yeah, yeah. you know what I mean even the spoken word they say the classics never die or yeah yeah like you know what I mean so I it, for me do? it was it was just I found yeah. I, I i was I was like yeah it's it's long, but it has, it's still cohesive. Like it's very, it's very similar to like, um, the idea of like having an intro song going into that, like, uh, Mars Volta, D-Louse and the Comitorium is like a right. prime, prime example of that where you have Sané Lumière going into in- inertiatic ESP. Right. So like it's, yeah, technically altogether, that's a nine minute song, but it's, you know there's parts of it that go in and out there's dance breaks there's cool you know electronics it, it keeps your attention the entire time
1: yeah totally man yeah really good pick yeah. really good pick
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah Derek got really excited I know we're going in, it well because I know
3: we're going into the next segment and I definitely plan on
2: talking about that so all,
3: all right, right all right thank you yeah thank you for the uh for the segue
1: into that for the segue yeah yeah <laughs> Got gotcha, your
2: let's, let's let's, ride, gotcha, this let's, <laughs> let's ride, ride this segue. Let's, let's ride this segue right into ride the next segue. bit then. Let's ride into over under. <laughs> All right, so for this week, Over Under, um, I feel like I'm going to be the black sheep in this whole scenario because Uh for my overpick, and again, the obvious choice for overrated song would be New Noise. Agreed, yeah. But for me, I don't think that's an overrated song only because it's my favorite song on the album. So I kind of use the same logic as I did for a lot of these episodes that I've been doing where overrated kind of just means like, You know, my least favorite song on the album. Okay. And my least favorite song on the album is The Deadly Rhythm. Oh, and the the only reason I say that is because I just find it uh it's it's my least favorite of the actual songs on the album. There's a lot of songs that are just straight up dance interludes. I guess I could have chosen one of those, but I didn't really I was kind of keeping it to like full actual songs with vocals and guitar and stuff like that. So, um, the energy on that song is still really good, but, uh, the song itself, I just find is a little bit too chaotic for my taste. Like it's a lot of like jumping back and forth and then you have jazz parts in the middle and you have that, uh, not to say that's not inventive because something like throwing a walking baseline with, with swing eighth notes on the drum in between a hardcore song is definitely inventive. I mean, I can't doubt that, but I just, for me, it's just not my favorite of all of them. So I think that's kind of why I put it as over. It's not a terrible song really by any means. Like I like that song more than I like C++ on, on low teens. Right. When I picked that one, but uh, that being said, said like it's just not, it's just not for me. I think. Okay, fair
1: enough. All right, very, very abstract, just, right? It's yeah. like it's we'll, like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah, there you it go. Yeah, works for some, doesn't work for everyone. <laughs> we'll we'll tolerate or that. We'll tolerate that answer. All right.
2: Fair enough. But the underrated song on this album is the cell is the the title track, and that's the shape of punk to come. And uh this song has an amazing blend right off the bat between like a cool drum and guitar riff working in tandem, uh, like we we're like you were talking about earlier with just the straight notes and that. So um the heavy use of modulation on the lead guitar too gives it like a different it, it gives it like a different sound compared to like say a song like Summer Holidays versus Punk Routine, where it's the same idea. But it's kind of the modulation like a a flanger or something like that that they have on it is almost like panning in between both like ears like when you're listening to it gives you like that surround sound sort of feel when you're listening to it and uh, the drums the entire time are just super groovy. Like, the guy's just working off his chops, right? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? The ghost yeah. notes on the snare while he's just riding that ride bell. So cool. And uh, little jazz elements on the voicing of some of the chords and, like, the breakup parts. Like, very similar to, uh, I guess I, w- I would say, like, very similar to, like, New Noise or Refused or <coughs> Fucking Dead. They have that, like, the jazz voicing on the chords where it's like, you know, you're playing a 13th chord, really, on the guitar, you know what I mean? You have, you know, pretty much the entire scale in one chord not to mention, uh, the drum breaks, they use a lot of drum breaks with just accented chords on top of it. Kind of, kind of breaks it up and like, cool to let that guy kind of, uh, you know, their drummer, sorry, not that guy, <laughs> their drummer have more of a, more of like a say, I guess in the album, not, not a say he's not Ringo star. <laughs> like he's more of like, it's more of like a showcase, I guess, of the drums and uh very, very, very interesting. And, uh, this song itself is just super unique. Uh, and I love, I love when you have like a pure, just punk solo of like noise, random notes, and just feedback, just all right at the very end, like, like out of step by minor thread. Same thing. I love when the solo doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Just classic, classic hardcore punk. You know what I mean? And, uh, I I think it's a great idea to end it. You know what I mean? Just just do that and yeah, you still have two tracks after that, but the two tracks are very uh dance, you know, dance heavy, electronica heavy. So, this is like the a great way to end your your full electric songs like uh f- or I guess full acoustic, I guess you can call it cuz it's acoustic drums, you know, all that stuff. But uh it's definitely up there, it would have been top three tracks if I hadn't put New Noise in there, honestly, because that was the third choice from mine.
3: Yeah, The yeah. Shape of Punk to Come is such an enjoyable song. Um, you know, take a listen to it. You'll enjoy it from start to finish.
2: Absolutely. Matt, what do you got for your top or, oh, oh me. My God, top three over-under?
1: <laughs> what do I got for my over-under? So we're going to pause here for a sec. The one that goes. That's, that's refused. To the the okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got the title right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I listen to that album and I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even know where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same, I say the yeah. same thing. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, so I don't really like <laughs> always like identify. Anyways, so um I was for, for my over. Yep. Originally, I was going to beat up on one of the techno dance tracks but i don't think those count
2: that's that's kind of the way i saw it too when i was picking myself i don't think i don't think we can just like you know go into those because it's they're just breakup songs that's pretty much all they are they're just like just to break up the monotony of the album right
1: yeah is anyone gonna hate me if i say refused party program
2: no because i i feel that song's an interlude too it's only a 1 minute or a minute and a half or whatever.
1: It's a little less, right? Yeah,
2: it's it's a quick punk song. It's a cool song, but I get what you're saying. It's kind it's of one kinda of those like whatever. It's kind of there, you know what I mean? It's, it's part of, of the experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, how many songs on the album do they have their name in? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, two. 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 Refuse Party
2: Program and Refuse Program. So, them. I yeah. feel
1: like when you put your name in a song, it's got to be like it's it it real that's a big deal, right?
2: It was probably a really big deal for them. It was probably their favorite song to play or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know
1: but right? I just, I hear that song and I'm just kind of like, next. Really? Like, just straight I up. I'm it. like, I'm like kind of whatever about it, you know? Um, because and, of what it serves to the album or? I just like, listen to it and I'm always just like, maybe it's that by that point in the album, I'm kind of just like, uh, like I'm, I'm just not in the mood for something like that. But it just seems like a, a bit of a. It seems like a bit of fil- a, a bit of filler to me.
2: Oh, it absolutely a hundred percent is, I and mean, there's like no lyrics to the song. The guy goes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the <party>
1: program. program.
2: <laughs>
4: it's <laughs>
1: it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where, yeah, it just seems like a bit like you know, like there's. I don't want to call like like I don't want to say the album has a lot of filler. I don't necessarily believe that. No. But like in an album where there's a lot of interludes, yeah, it just seems like you could have given us like for a, for a song that has a big name like that, yeah, you could have given us something more. I, I agree. I that's agree. why I'm like, yeah. I think it's overrated because I think that they fell short there. Okay. You know, it feels odd to criticize this album, but <laughs> yeah, it does, right? It, yeah, this it's,
2: is this is I'm telling you, this is the internal conflict I have every time yeah. I have to write notes for this segment because I don't really want to, I don't really want to shit on these albums. I actually think they're really good albums. Yeah. So, like, you know, when I have to yeah. pick something and hone in on it, yeah, I mean, the problem is is it doesn't make good fodder if you don't if you're just like everything's great and it's all great so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. like you know you kind of gotta you know have a differing opinion unfortunately well for sure right? I yeah. feel
3: like these albums and even in particular like refuse the shape of point to come it like it, it is one of those albums that deserve the time and the rec- recognition to like talk about it and, yeah. and really so really even dissecting it even if we are talking about it from a critical standpoint I think it's getting the recognition it deserves yeah. which is very important this is the most amount of time I've Spent acknowledging this album, and you know, I'm happy to do so.
1: For sure, yeah. We're spending a lot more time giving it praise than we are shitting on it. So that's a (laughs) a good point taken. Yeah, (laughs) thank you for. There's a
3: very, very minute amount of shit that's going into this, if any. You know, yeah, exactly.
1: That's fair. Yeah, Yeah. thank you for mostly worshiping it. Yeah, (laughs) mostly. Yeah, mostly worshiping it. Thank you for putting my mind at ease. (laughs) Um, So, on that note, my under. Is refused or fucking dead. Yep. The other song in the album that has refused in the title, and I oh, think yeah. just for all the reasons that you guys had mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, and and like the more I listen to that song, the more I'm like, wow, this is like one of the good songs that I think that like for a long time I slept on. You yeah, know? but that yeah, just infectious drum beat. I'm like a big fan of bluegrassy kind of uh, uh guitar riffs. as Um, as a southern boy yourself, right? As a southern Southern boy myself. As a southern bell. (laughs) Gorge. And like and and the the vocals are cool. Like uh gonna feel so dead. And then it like doesn't it go into like a sort of a darker, like different like kind of
2: Yeah, that's that's where that's where you get the same sort of voicing as they do in New Noise on the chords, where it's like those full, like full seventh chord, or not seventh, I guess ninth. Cause it's like a seventh mix with like something else on top of it. It's like an augmented and, seventh. Yeah, yeah, to me, that's just like yeah.
1: that right there is some great songwriting. Yeah, you know, I hear that and then you have me utterly hooked. I'm like, oh fuck <whack> yeah, you just did it. So those are my two. Fair enough. D okay so i got to address the
3: elephant in the room overrated i have to say it it's new noise right but maybe not for the (laughs) get out it it might not be to leave listen it's it's (laughs) not for the reasons that i think you 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 might think it like might be because the song itself is genius it's it's perfect I think the reason why the song is overrated is because it's the one song that everybody identifies the refuse to be, which is such a shame because there are so much more. Um, Completely I almost wish that you could take New Noise out of the roster, albeit such an amazing, prolific song, but I would just wish that it, it, it was removed... So that people would listen to Refuse for all the other amazing music that they have created. So that's the reason why it's my over. Not because it's a bad song, but because of just what it represents. Which, yeah. But, but uh, you know, in, in, like at the same vein, like it also represents a lot of great things for music. I think it is such a legendary, iconic song for people who do appreciate it. And it's done a lot for, you know, the punk mo- movement. When you think of punk rock music yeah. and where it's began and where it started, like, you know. I'm sure that New Noise stands amongst a lot of other legendary songs, yeah. um, Within punk rock, so, so, so that's my overrated, my underrated. Now I want to give an honorable mention because this is the one that I wanted to talk about at first when I was, but as we talked about and as Maddie brought it up, that's the one I want to go with. But I want to give an honorable mention to Protest Song 68. Yep. That song is really good. It's in a place like in the record where like, you know, it's still driving. It really transitions very well into the energy and just keeps it going from a momentum standpoint. I really love that like militant kind of drum beat at the end too. Um the lyrics are really really good. I love that whole um it's that last it's that last line. I have to pull it up just so I make sure I'm saying it properly but it, it it always resonated with me and just the way it just like it reads and the way it sounds I really like it it's the uh I breathe in and I create rewoke the spirit of 68 I breathe out and scream rewoke the malatesta stream like it it's just it's such a cool you know verse and uh kind of plays into the whole theme of what the song is all about yeah honorable mention but yeah no underrated song it's got to be uh, Worms of the Senses and Faculties of the Skull I, yeah. I, oh my god that song what, <laughs> like, what a way to intro an album and it's yeah. kind of like what Eric was saying like you know with the whole Mar- Mars Volta album how there's like this kind of like subtle opening but then drives into a bigger part to really open up the, pe- like the, the album as a whole Um, and again, kind of going back to what I was saying before about Dennis's play with like verses, I like, I love the whole, like, yeah, yeah, it took the first bus. Like, like, it's just so good. It's like chanty and it's just fun. And like, it really gets me excited to what I'm going to hear for the rest of the album. So definitely an underrated song, a great welcoming track to put you into uh, the album as a whole. And I love it.
1: Yeah. It's a song that like makes sense. In the context of the album, at the at the like right at the front, and I think it's like it probably doesn't get as much love as say like a song like New Noise because it's just not as like radio oriented and not as like I guess accessible. Like New Noise just hooks you right away with that fucking guitar. With that guitar riff and then, you know, it keeps you, you know, like on the edge the whole time. Whereas like Worms' of sense is like it, it, it takes a little bit more patience, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it, once you get it and you get into that part, yeah, you know, where he's talking about taking the first bus. You're taking the bus into the world <laughs> of truth
3: Take your time. <laughs> to,
1: to say something really cheese. You You'll know?
3: get there. You'll get there. And when you get there. You're gonna love it.
1: Yeah, you get smashed in the face.
2: <laughs> Smash that like button. No. <laughs> no um,
3: Overall, good picks, boys.
2: Yeah, no, great, great yeah. picks all around. Um, I mean, you've made compelling arguments for the Deadly Rhythm. I have to go back and actually listen to it. So, <laughs> so uh,
3: the Deadly um, Rhythm is such a great song. It it is kind of bits and pieces, but you know, when you take it, like like when you just listen to it, you enjoy it.
1: It works in the momentum of the album where it's situated in the album, I think. Mm-hmm. Isn't there, yeah. like, I, there was an honorable mention. Isn't there, like, a I can't remember. There's a fucking uh, spoken word poem or something somewhere in it.
2: Oh, are you talking about on, on um, sorry, which song? Deadly Rhythm?
1: Uh, no, no, no. Just, like, in general on the album. Is that Tannhauser?
2: Yeah, it's, it's an Allen Ginsberg poem.
1: Oh. In,
2: in Worm of the Senses and Faculties of the Skull. Uh, it's a poem called Howl.
1: And he literally oh, it's just how? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay.
2: He just does it the entire There's like an entire section where he just recites the entire poem.
1: Oh, okay. Or
2: most of it, anyways. And then, uh, fair. Not to mention, they have like a oh, no, protest song 68 has one. It's it comes from the opening of a Henry Miller novel called Tropic of Cancer. Okay. It's just like spoken text right at the very beginning of that song. Okay. The yeah. title
3: of the song, Refuse Are <laughs> Dead, is a reference to the born again song. <laughs> yeah, born yeah. So I'm reading that. Too. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but there's like um there's there's quite there's quite a bit in there. Like um little references, a lot to like jazz and like uh like you were saying earlier like with uh uh, like like literature you know what i mean like these guys were definitely english majors at some point in time for yeah. how much literature they throw into their or yeah. maybe they're just well read guys you know what i mean so maybe uh, they're
1: poli sci majors i mean they definitely like <laughs> they definitely got this like sort of they build a world in the album you know and that's the thing that's so cool about it yeah. is that it's like got its own um you know mythology in it the drawing a lot off of pop- popular well not popular culture but canonical literature and yeah. and classic music and stuff like that and you don't think of that in a punk rock band no, you no. think of like because like you know I don't know what like say like back in the 80s like punk was so stripped down you know and this is kind of like the antithesis of that yeah
2: but I, th- I, th- I think we're kind of wrapping it up here so let's get into our final thoughts
1: okay mm.
0: <clears throat> final toast
2: so just just to kind of wrap up what I think about this album uh this album itself while it's a no like it's not a no skip album for me. I don't really think any Refused album in my opinion is a no skip album for me. So I I would say this is my favorite Refused album for sure. Like I don't I can't really name <laughs> any other Refused album now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean there's be the be one with Electra on it. That one's good. Yeah,
3: I Only really know the shape of Punk to Come. I like (laughs) don't really know any other album. I know like they do a lot of like techno and like house and stuff like that though, right?
2: But like they had they had that song Electra and that that album was pretty cool. But that was mostly like I wouldn't even say it was like it was more grindcore than it was like hardcore punk. I would say oh yeah, it was like super like super super fast and stuff like that there was a lot of songs like that mixed with like techno mixed with, They I mean it's hard to it's hard to just pin them down to one genre anyways right, right. but so like that like cuz that song electro is just straight up just like almost like power violence you know what i mean it's just just a lot of blast beats and stuff like that so
1: Okay very
2: similar to I guess the locust you could say Okay where it's like, yeah.
1: I was not expecting that yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they go
2: very strange. I'm telling you, they Holy change, shit. but that's a later song. That's like 2001, 2002, something like that. Okay. Compared to this album. Uh, it, it, I don't, I know new noise got my foot in the door in terms of this album, but, uh, definitely introduced me to a lot of their other tracks uh, that are currently in heavy rotation for me today. Like, uh, especially worms worm in the senses you know yeah, what i mean that yeah. song's like an, it, if it pops up on my list i ain't skipping it that's for sure you know what i yeah. mean so uh and uh there's no denying that this album like helped shape my taste in punk mm-hmm. uh and hardcore to be honest like uh a lot of those drum beats i used when i was when i was uh starting to play hardcore for the first time in high school and stuff like that i stole a lot of inspiration from that and uh but this album will always have a special place because of uh it's experimental nature and it just super catchy riffs. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely one of a kind and, uh, so unique and so unapologetically different that it, uh, it can't be ignored when you're talking about, you know, punk classics. Like, I think, I think it's just, it, it should honestly be considered most top 10 lists of top 10 hardcore albums. I could see it. I agree. What do you Fair guys enough. think?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, shape of punk to come, Definitely a big influence on me on my, like, early punk years, you know, really helped model the way I kind of branched out and found more different kind of music within punk rock. It's definitely one of those foundation pieces. And again, um, (laughs) playing video games, Tony Hawk Underground. Of course. Huge staple. New Noise, you can't go wrong with the song. Again, pumps you up, and I'll remember just... playing that game and then going outside with that song in my mind trying to do a pop shove it or two so classic
4: Uh, yeah
1: I think just I mean I said most of my thoughts already on this album (laughs) (laughs) so what more do I have to offer it's pretty good it's a pretty good album yeah it's all right.
2: pretty uh, pretty
1: pretty pretty good (laughs) I think it's one of those albums that has definitely stood the test of time I don't listen to it and think this sounds old like the production doesn't sound old you know i don't think oh this is a 90s production it still holds up to this day and i think the songs also do and i think that one of the cool things about it is that like refused is a band that like if they come around they're gonna bring all the old hardcore fans and new hardcore fans to the show and so i think that that's like true testament what the Album is it's something that you know will continue to like unite the community right bring Mm -hmm. people together and I think that's a beautiful thing. Peace and love, everybody. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love, brother. (laughs)
2: Like like I say to I literally it's not a joke. There's a guy I work with, it's an older guy, and literally that's how we greet each other now. (laughs) To peace and love, brother.
4: (laughs) What What the fuck? fuck?
2: I don't know why. I don't know where it started, but but it's peace it's kind of well, it, not even like that. It's more like it's more like a like a Ringo Starr. Peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he kind of looks like Ringo Starr. Nice All guy. I want
1: oh. is peace and love. <laughs> yeah. Penis love. Wait, what? I hmm.
2: don't know. I don't. I don't know where we went with this. No. It's just starting to get off the rails again. I think. But, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's just let's just wrap it up. Let's just go to our thank yous, guys. Do you have anybody or anything you'd like to say?
3: Um. Mr. Perrin,
2: <laughs> Mr. Perrin, big, again. big yeah. thank you to Mr. Yeah.
3: Perrin yeah. because again, Mr. Perrin was the one who showed me new noise and really got me interested. Kind of helped again shape a point to come, help shape the way I listen to music. So uh, it all kind of started with him. So wherever you are, Mr. Perrin, thank you. Shout out, you were a wicked uh, English teacher. He gave, me a, he gave me a good, he gave me a good mark too, and that's
1: that class. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I really liked English. The gods of hardcore shines down. On Mr. Perrin yeah. yeah He is the way Yeah he was sick
3: I think I, The last show I saw him at Was It was a radioactivity show And it was like In 2017 I want to say It was at the Silver Dollar Room which Oh shit Which ripped to that place Well it's back right <laughs> it's, it's still going yeah, yeah yeah. But I haven't been to a show since no. They it's, did the whole Like closed down And built a yeah, yeah. condo there Still skeezy Yeah
1: Still,
4: still skeezy yeah.
2: Do
3: they still have that one um, Spot The comfort zone does that still exist? No, I don't okay. think it does. That place was like the skis. That yeah. was like the Toronto, skis. like late night skis going into the morning, and then go get Denny's
1: at eleven, kind of. Skis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that neighborhood, the real that neighborhood is not is not at, like they they like this company came and like developed a whole chunk of that area, so that like old like hotel that was there is no longer there. So that area oh, is okay. like nowhere near as skisy now. So it's almost like. All that just got up and left, and went to like Scarborough. (laughs) Jeez, it's It's all on Kingston Road. Yeah, it's all on Kingston Road, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kingston Road, for taking all our skis. That, that was Maddie's shout that out. Was that was Maddie's that, shout, that, shout out, your was shout Kingston out is Scarborough.
2: Okay, all right. No projects you're working on, <laughs> eh? Just shout out to Scarborough. Shout out to Scarborough. <laughs> okay, all right. Scarbs. Well, I guess you can follow me on twitch.tv slash erke90 where I'll be playing a game that hasn't been popular in 15 years. You can also check me out on Dark Side of the Elite uh, where I'll be talking about AEW every month. Uh, also on SNME Radio. And if you're not a Patreon, go subscribe now. What are you doing? It's only a dollar a week. You get about 18 shows. You know, you get Godfathers of Podcasting, NXT, Bam, Tuesday Morning Cooked, all that. Amazing content yeah. coming out of S&ME right now. Uh, pre-punch as well if you're into MMA. Uh, shout out to Brady and Chris Tidd. Um, Ooh,
3: you're really yeah. stoked for the upcoming uh, UFC match. Uh, John Jones' return returned. To- Fight Zero gone.
2: I mean, that'll be way past when we do in this. Hell mode. But I guarantee you, whatever event is coming up, check out Brady and Chris Tid talk about it. So Chris Tidwell, <laughs> sorry. Um, also, uh, you can also check out me and Derek and Matt here on on the New Age Outlaws Facebook page. That's probably where we'll post our links and hopefully on Spotify by now, depending on which album or which episode we release first. But um, we, we hopefully should be on Spotify. Even uh, check out the Chivis on Spotify.
3: We're also yeah, on there. Facebook.com slash the Chivis. That's uh, me and Eric's uh, punk band yep. that we've been doing for um, a couple of years. You know, we haven't really released much content uh, in, in recent times, but, you know, got some stuff out there. Check yeah. it out. You know, it's a, it's a fun time.
2: Maybe go check out Lucille. Maybe I'll throw that as the ex- the outro song on this. Yes.
3: on this, on this, which uh... was featured on an episode of. Uh, that is
2: correct. It was SNME. featured on SNME years ago, mm-hmm. um, when it came out. But yeah, uh... <laughs> our
3: our newest single, <laughs> our newest
2: single from 2019. <laughs> but either way, uh, until next time, I guess. Peace out.
1: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. I'm not even from Scarborough.